Should we start? Yeah, I reckon. I'm like a rabbit staring into a gun now. <laughs> oh no. This is what happened when mum's away. This, the, the animals have taken over the zoo, but the zoo's on fire. I said, oh no, my cat wants to contribute now. He's standing outside the door hollering me, and that's, that's absolutely not welcome here. Um, my cat can open doors. What, is he four foot tall? No, it gets up on its, on its back legs and it uses its paw to open door handles like a person. Like, my cat is vast. He's six kilograms of pure ineptitude. <laughs> and he could not reach up to a, a doorknob. Like, is your cat some sort of eerie homunculus that walks on its hind legs? No, it's, it's really stretchy. It's like a really long cat. If I was to use one word to describe our cats, they're long. Like when they stretch out, they're, they're sort of abnormally long and skinny. And this is one it is like just... Like the one off the meme? Uh, yeah, well, I imagine so. There's a meme for every kind of cat, isn't there? Yeah. Well, no, long, long cat was a thing, oh, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. No, not as preposterously long as that. It's still a functioning cat. Um, it's not actually a tube. No. No, but yeah, it's terrifying because sometimes the door will open and I will expect Catherine to enter, that being the other person in the house, and then it would be a cat. <laughs> it's, it's really strange because it'll have dropped down onto all four paws and then it'll walk in. So I have to like, it's like a camera pan down to see the cat every time. <laughs> it's, 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 it's honestly like a mad sight gag. <laughs> That in certain circumstances, that could be quite chilling. Has it ever like given given you the frighteners? Uh, because it's got if she can't open the door, she'll just constantly hit the handle, and it's like when a serial killer's trying to get in in a film, and they're just shoving the handle, and it's like rattling, but the door's not opening. Oh, I hate that for you. Yeah, That's... we've got we've got a bit of that. I used to live um, in a flat. I used to share a flat with a, another games journal when I was just starting out. And he had this cat that I didn't want it ever coming into my room because, you know, it wasn't the cat's room. And it used to stick its paws, like, under the door, but, like, so far that it could scratch the inside of the door. (laughs) So I'd I'd sometimes be watching TV and I'd hear the noise and I'd look down and there'd be two paws just sort of pinwheeling under the door. Um, Oh, that's a bit devilish. Yeah, I've had a real run of it with cats and doors. Do the sting. Wait, no. The intro music. That's the one. <laughs> well, wait, was that the intro? Yeah, surprise. <laughs> God. How about that for a smooth start? <laughs> oh god! <laughs> are we are we happy with? Uh... Yes, yeah, I'm sure there's, there's something there. Should we explain why why uh, why we're missing a key voice? Yeah, it's sort of been, um, you know, like uh, when they start you start a game and you've got to figure out the plot uh, from what's going on, uh, and you may. 
dear listener, have noticed something is different this week. What are you listening to, you might ask? <laughs> well, this is episode 133 of the Electronic Wireless Show, and this week is the extravaganza. Uh, the Electronic Wireless Show is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and it's the only podcast you're capable of comprehending <laughs> in your own dismal opinion, and also in mine, Grinchard Bungleman. <laughs> Uh, I'm not Grinchard Bungleman, neither am I Alice Bell. Uh, Alice, our regular host, uh, actually escaped from Hades this week uh, and is taking a week's holiday. Uh, but until the Furies recapture her, uh, the, the inmates of the podcast, the other wretched shades, uh, have escaped from, I don't know, the, the urns they're kept in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have taken over hell. So with me this week is uh, Dr. Eggman. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Have you put any good animals inside of uh, cartoonish robots recently? Uh, yeah, loads. Um, yeah, just oh, a load of wasps. Oh, wasps, because they were metal wasps. Well, that's it. I used to put cute animals inside horrible animals, and now I'm putting horrible animals inside cute animals. So I got a robot uh, hamster (laughs) full of wasps. That's my that's that's my that's my whole new deal. Oh, that would make for a good Sonic game, wouldn't it? Where like you first got the ethical question of whether to burst these hideous robots. Um, no, no, these lovely robots. Mm. Uh, do I, do I, you know, explode the the friendly elephant? And then you know that if you do, like millions of scorpions will come out or yeah. something. The world is a better place with the robots. That's why it's Doctor Eggman. I, I myself's best ever plan. Do you know what I respect that, Doctor? Thank you. Um, yeah, I think that's all right. Uh. I should probably say who I actually am. I'm I'm Nate Crowley. Um, I guess I don't really get to have a pseudonym this week. So well, you I'm can. Be, uh, yeah. Okay. I'll Just because uh, Alice, Alice chooses not to indulge in the pseudonym business, but that doesn't mean you don't have to. All right then. I'll be uh, I'll be a pig egg. Great. The egg off of a pig. A classic. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, this, I suppose this is a bit where I ask you how you are in real life, although, to be honest, I was quite engrossed in the fictional life of uh, Dr. Robotnik. Uh, what, the two lives intersect. That, that's what I've been doing in my real life as well. I've been trying, <laughs> to, get, wasps trying to get wasps inside a robot animal. Wasn't that pretty much the plot of that uh, Ian Banks book? Uh, the robot that contained wasps. That's the one. That's Great twist ending. Yeah, turned uh, out there were bees. No, I haven't actually. I, I, I haven't interacted with wasps this week, but I we did have a, a very large bee in our back garden, and um, we were worried that it might kill one of the cats. Was it a bumblebee? Yeah, I always worry the cats are going to eat a bee and then get stung and then die, because that happened to my neighbour's cat, and now I assume it's going to happen to all cats. But. Cats should be able to deal with bees. 
Was it allergic or something? Well, I think it's, it ate it and then it stung it, like, inside. And then it, I don't know, swelled up inside. And then, I listen, I'm not a vet. <laughs> what a horrible end. <laughs> you, think, you think all animals would know, you know, if you're going to eat a bee, be careful. Yeah. That all wasn't cats... a pun, by the way. It's really hard to avoid, right. yeah. you know, the verb to be. I just think all the cats I've known in my life have either died of old age or of swallowing the bee. So it plays heavily on my mind. Swallowing the bee sounds like like 18th century naval slang for some sort of grisly fight you could meet in the Navy. Or like, it's like oh. 80s slang for just like taking in a lie. It's like, you're not going to swallow the bee, man. <laughs> I was thinking, like, oh, what, what, what happened to old Barnabas? Oh. oh, he swallowed the bee around Cape Horn. Oh, that guy, he always swallows the bee. Whatever bee you feed him, he'll swallow it. I'm imagining sort of, like, despicable businessmen with phones the size of cars. Yeah. Yeah. But you're that's... thinking more like the terror. Which has got a very different yeah. vibe. Well, I really want to watch that actually. That it's got a frightening bear in, hasn't it? But maybe I don't really know. It's got something. It keeps eating people. Well, it's not like Lost, is it? Where you think there's going to be a sick monster, but actually, ironically, it's bees. <laughs> I think this. I think this makes you're meant to think it's going to be a bear, but then maybe it's going to be some kind of actual horror. Oh, I'm up for it either way. I do like monsters and boats. Mm. Two of the classics. Um, What's do you want to f- ask me what I've, what I've oh, been yeah, doing? Oh, yeah, sorry. Of course. Normally Alice is here for the pleasantries. Um, what, have, what have you been up to this week? Uh, oh, I don't know why I prompted you to do that, because uh, <laughs> You've got the answer to just avoid. Uh, no, I mean, more, more fish tank maintenance, actually. Good business there. Uh, very dull stuff, though. It's not the sort of sexy, oh, I've just, you know, created a nine-foot-long aquarium on my ceiling with eels in it. Mm. I've just been cleaning out filters and uh, splitting the root nodules of plants apart, just which the, is immensely the, satisfying. The down and dirty everyday business of having fish. That's it, yeah. It's, it's the... The real dull jobs is where the real satisfaction is. Like you get a, a, a thrill from putting fish in a new tank, but the real joy is in uh, cleaning out the pipes of, a, of an external filter and just watching the optimum uh, through flow come back. Nice. My, my, well, my life's become something grey, hasn't it? No, that's great. <laughs> why, why hasn't there been a fish tank simulator made yet? Well, um, there have been a couple. Okay. I'm following... There was one I played in 2019 um, that was all right. And there's another one that I got emailed about a while back, but it's still... You know when things are so early access, they're just... You know, they might as well be concept art. Yeah. Uh, it's like a pre-pre-pre-alpha sort of thing. Hey, they look it's all right. just a big green cuboid. And he's like, imagine a fish tank there, and that'll be that. Sorted, yeah. They, they all, like, I can see where they're coming from. I, I think I've seen a couple of others as well. They don't, um, 
There was one way back in the day, but I can't remember what it was called. Basically, they all fall foul of being cosmetics placement games with a very, very dull mini game about balancing water parameters because there are things like temperature and pH and stuff that you have to care about in a fish tank and that's all well and good um but it doesn't make for very very exciting central mechanics yeah. it's basically that the one i played was just like the ph is wrong dump some buffer in <laughs> now it's right and you know there's Meg Aquarium, which is a management game about running a public aquarium. Mm. That's, That's really cool. I'd like to see a game which starts with like the rawest version, which is where you win a fun fair goldfish, and then your dad basically has to just construct like the entire living environment from whatever he happens to have at home. Because there are a lot of people, I think, who go to fun fairs who've become accidental fish owners and then just have to deal with it. It's wild. I, I don't want to get on a massive high horse here. I mean, obviously, you know, giving away live animals in bags as a prize isn't classic. <laughs> but, you know, I think that should be a given. Like, the thing that always gets me, goldfish, like, are really... Like, to keep a goldfish remotely healthy or happy for in the long term is really actually quite difficult as fish go. <laughs> Because they just poo vast amounts, which obviously fouls up the water, and like they just get right. sick on ammonia. And they like <laughs> they need loads of space and like quite high oxygen levels. Like a goldfish, I don't know why they've become like the chump starter fish of choice. Because there are loads. Of- also, they get like a foot long. I like the idea of winning a goldfish at a fun fair and then the guy handing it to you and he's like, this is where the real game begins. <laughs> you may have won this game of chance, but now comes the test of skill. Welcome to New Game Plus of the Coconut Shy. <laughs> Keeping a foot long animal from drowning on its own turds. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, a bad idea. Like, just you know, friends out there, let me let me just wield the outrageous power I've been given as temporary host of this podcast to command you uh, only to bother with goldfish if you have a huge tank or an outdoor pond, yeah. and do not accept them as the wager in a game of chance. <laughs> I think our first goldfish lived in an ice cream carton. That's ghastly. I know. What? Would you smack on the outside of it with a plank of yeah, wood with a, to I, keep it in a state I, of constant Smacked on the outside with a big ice cream scoop. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's dark. Um, What's so, the, uh, you know what, what goldfish lay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Eggs. Right. And... Uh, we're going to be talking. See, that that was a segue. <laughs> One of the classics. This uh, came about at the weekend. I popped in on the the Discord channel, and if you haven't popped in on the Electronic Wireless Show Discord channel, I suggest you do. It's really nice. It's great. Um, 
it actually feels like something sort of successful and vibrant. There's more people in there all the time. And it's, it's you know, they actually talk about stuff. It's cracking. Um, but what, what they were talking about for about three days straight uh, was eggs. <laughs> and, like, there was about 16 pages of it. Cause you know, on Discord, they've got, like, you know, catch up on all the messages since you've last been here button. And it was like... Um, you know, in Jurassic Park, where it scrolls through like millions of pages of dinosaur DNA in Windows 95. Mm. Like that, but imagine if just like the word eggs. <laughs> Everyone was chatting about eggs. <clears throat> and um, uh, Discord user Bury the Hammer <clears throat> uh, laid down probably the most flagrant bit of Nate bait I've ever seen. Uh, in saying, when is the podcast having the egg special? Um, and like, I knew that was there to tempt me. I was like a wolf approaching a burger, which is tied to the trigger of a handgun with a bit of string. Mm. And I saw the gun and I ate the burger anyway, because, you know, I find eggs really entertaining. The egg special sounds delicious. Sounds like quite a good meal, actually, doesn't it? I don't know what it would be. What's the egg um, special? Probably an egg sandwich or an egg... I was oh, about yeah. to say an egg omelette. But I mean... <laughs> yeah. If egg is the filling in your omelette... Oh, uh, yeah. that's. The, I mean, that is an egg special. I don't know how special it is, but it's... You can't get much eggier than that, no, can you? definitely not. How do you feel... I mean, you know, I'll, I think the usual, like... Matthew's food preferences roasting could take on the faint tinge of cyberbullying if there's just two of us. <laughs> so I'm not going to go in too hard, but I, I just would like your, your general opinion on eggs. So we actually went into this on the RPS Week Spot, which is the other podcast I sometimes do, I, I do every week with Cullen. And because someone asked to, to rank the various forms of egg preparation. Um, and I said, I, re I really love scrambled eggs as probably my number one type of eggs, closely followed by fried and then a pretty big gulf between the other versions. Um, and this seems so to cause... scrambled and then fried. I like scrambled, fried, then a bit of a gap, then poached, then a big gap and boiled. Boiled is the lowest form of egg for me. You know what's wonderful here? I'm entirely in sync with you on this. Oh, Nice. And in actual fact, I'm going to warm your heart a little more. Uh, I'm eggs are the food I'm really fussy about. Right. Okay. If if a, a fried egg is remotely uncooked on the top, and it's got that sort of mucus, oh no, it gives me the proper shudders. I oh, can't no. handle it. Eggs are um, a bit like last week's reheated pizza, which um, was. Uh, too lengthy a debate to recap here, so you can go back and listen to that episode. Um, uh, I have a lot of fear of like egg poisoning. Aren't, can't eggs be super bad for you? Well, I'm. Oh gosh, we're just remastering last week's podcast now, but uh, not not really. Actually, the the problem is, or the problem was, salmonella. Right, but there was the such a panic about salmonella in the eighties. Uh, that it's a lot less of a problem now. Right. Uh, you know, that if you want salmonella, 
the easiest way to get it, uh, and this is really interesting. Well, I say interesting. It's just very mildly ironic in the Alanis Morissette way, mm-hmm. uh, is to undercook duck breast. Oh, really? Salmonella's rampant in duck farms because uh, huh. I don't think they're held to the same stringent regulation as chicken farms. Um, so we don't have to fear the chicken egg anymore. I, I don't think so. Because I always want to, you know, in films where like Rocky drinks a load of raw eggs, in the back of my head, there is a voice thinking, I hope Rocky doesn't get salmonella from that. Um, I always think of that bit in season two of The Wire where the geezer wakes up with a pounding hangover and just like cracks an egg into a pint and gnashes it back. And it's that <laughs> makes me feel like I'm about to do a hangover sick. <laughs> And like I couldn't be more sober. That's mm. uh, I t- I, some hangover cures are weird. I, I think that one must be just to make you bark up. Um, Is it? I I can't think of any way in which raw egg in beer when you're hungover could you know improve your life. Mm. Um, Maybe the egg like lines your stomach somehow. But anyway, yeah. Eggs in games. Eggs in um, games. Because <laughs> as, as, as Discord user Mumpkin pointed out, there is a surprisingly deep egg well here. You can eat eggs, harvest them, hatch them, even attack them. Um, mm. They're all over games. But when I, when I first started to think about what eggs there are in games, my mind actually went a bit blank because they never really take center stage. As an object, it's visually not very interesting. Like, I can understand why, you know, people would not put an egg front and center. It's quite hard to, like, you know, there's not a lot of theater in an egg. No, they are essentially circles, aren't they? But I mean, like, there's, not the, even there's, there's, right. there's the threat of, like, it's shattering. There's the potential for drama, I guess. Like, you know, what, what, what you know, there's that famous thing when, someone, when there's an egg in a play and then everyone's like, oh, that egg's going to break at some point. Um, like Chekhov's egg. Chekhov's egg. That's it. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> God, have we both just got like really grumbly throats exactly the same time? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it sounded like two destroyed old men there. Let's <laughs> both just clear our throats off mic. <clears throat> um, yeah, well, I suppose that's it, though. An egg can be anything in potential, right? It really lends itself to games because it's... It's an icon, essentially, for something will be here when another condition is met. Yeah. Like, there's loads of games where you're waiting for them to hatch. Yeah. So so, um, one egg that jumped out at me was, uh, well, there's two eggs, in fact, in Divinity Original Sin 2. Um, There's a mission. I remember where the eggs are. Well, there's, there's a mission on the, in the second chapter in, is it Driftwood? I think it is, where they, um, you talk to a chicken, if you've got the animal talking skill, and she's like, find my egg. This chicken is called Big Marge, which is a strong name <gasps> for a chicken. I loved this, yeah. So you have to, yeah, you have to go and get her egg because it's been taken by, you know, sort of demonic forces. Um, Oh, and it hatches into a devil, doesn't it? It does. It hatches into a like a, a void thing, and it murders all the chickens. So when you come back, it's like, twist, the egg killed everyone. So that's bad potential. 
that was such a nice little bit of folklore riffing as well, because you've got the old one of your classic medieval bestiary nasties uh, was the basilisk, mm. which is um, when a toad incubates a hen's egg. So thought ye olde lads. Uh, a basilisk would come out, which is a big lizard that turns oh. you to, I don't know, dog food or something. <laughs> the ye olde lads, had, they had some wild ideas. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the term the occult uh, is now people think of it as like devils and stuff, but it, it used to just mean any natural process with a hidden mechanism. So magnets uh, were the occult, for example. Right. Um, I sort of still it, feel that way. Like yeah. When I, see, well, when I sense a magnet, it's, it's a little bit off, isn't it? Magnets, how, how do they work? Mm. Um, yeah, the, the other... I love some of the, 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 the quite like ingenious little ideas people used to come up with to join the dots on stuff. Like maggots and that, they thought just appeared spontaneously in carcasses and stuff. It took a surprisingly long time for someone to figure out that they were flies. Right. Like people knew they turned into flies, but it was a shockingly long time before anyone said, hang on, what, how are they getting there? It was, everyone was perfectly happy to accept that if something died, like maggots would just appear after a while. One of the only things that I remember from doing English at university was a picture in a medieval bestiary of a um, a hedgehog collecting apples on its spikes. Um, that monks thought hedgehogs just rolled around collecting apples, and that's what their whole deal was. Whereas in actual fact, they collect rings. Now everyone knows that, and they are also my nemesis. Um, yeah, you should be speaking more bitterly about oh this. Oh, God, I hate that hedgehog so much. Um, why, why, what, was, what was Robotnik after? We can talk about him as well, because all the Sonic games are on Steam now, aren't they? Uh, yeah, in some form. Yeah, uh, what was he after? I think he's just generally putting animals in, in other animals. I think that was his whole deal, even though to protect that process... He had built far more advanced robotics, like big battle suits that were like the bosses. So it's, it's that kind of classic, you know, wacky races. He gets so far ahead in the race to lay the trap to stop everyone from winning when he, he's already f- that far ahead. Robotnik's a bit like that. He can't really see the wood for the trees. He built a whole Death Star, basically, with his own face on it. <laughs> yeah. Which he named after an egg. <laughs> Just to start, I tell you what, like, oh, the Sonic games got some like legendary bangers on the soundtracks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Death Egg Zone from Sonic and Knuckles was, uh, was a real tune, actually. Do you think Death Egg is though. a reference to Salmonella? Yeah, it should have been cool. It was uh, the, in the original Japanese, it was a Salmonella Zone. Hmm. And it was actually a really like carefully planned allegory for food safety. <laughs> at they the end, got, Sonic know, and Robotnik both agree, and they they shake hands. They look out to the screen and say, "Don't eat uncooked duck breast." Uh, <laughs> and everyone was Which, like, "This is weird." 
And this is why, This is going to topple Mario. How? Japan's got some of the the best food hygiene standards in the world because of Sonic. Yeah. That's true. Thanks. Thanks, Sonic. Cheers, mate. Um, My name this week, which we haven't really referred to, a pig egg. Right, yeah. It comes from uh, Minecraft. Um, Oh, I I literally thought you were just being silly. No, no, I'm never silly on this podcast. Oh, sorry, my Espe- bad. Especially now it's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, now all of the, the, the animals, or should I say all of the mobs in Minecraft um, have eggs which spawn them. Um, and I think it was like so many things in Minecraft, and one of the reasons I find the game so interesting uh, as something that's constantly being worked on and which had it had this very chaotic unplanned infancy and then an incredibly corporate like big business later life but loads of things that were just arbitrary placeholders to begin with mm have ended up codified as really serious systems in the game. And I, I think eggs are one thing like this, because it was, okay, what item can we give a player that can spawn an animal in? Oh, an egg. And that was fine, but now it's every single like creature in the game has an egg, which is colored like it is. So it's not like a generic egg. Oh, right. It's, it's got the same color palette as the animal, you know, makes a lot of sense that's with, quite handy like if you were trying to cull certain populations you'd just find like all the green eggs and s- smash them in or whatever it is that they do well no because that's the thing the animal like donkeys for example you can get a donkey egg oh god how cursed <laughs> and spawn imagine how the yolk would smell when you cranked it open so you can spawn a couple of donkers and then if you, like, force them to eat hay, they'll breed hmm. um, and create a small donkey. Right. But they'll never lay an egg. So where did it come? Oh. Yeah. So the egg just came to be? The egg just came to be. But it's still a th- – a th- it's not – that's not a placeholder item. It's, like, brown with, I think, little beige spots. Huh. Uh, and the same, like, you, you could have really, really odd ones, like skeleton eggs. Oh, my God. I want you to consider a skeleton egg IRL. Oh, that's, that's kind of a nightmare. It's really horrid. Like, does it come out dry, or is there an amniotic sac? Yeah. Because normally, it's, it, it, like, it would suggest a, a failed egg process if a skeleton came out. And can you imagine a skeleton laying an egg? Oh, my God. What well, if it's actually... We, but none of, if you never see any of these things laying an egg, how do you know it's not, there's not, like, one egg-laying creature that's laying all these different eggs? Like the alien queen. Like the aliens. alien queen, but it's, you, know, you never know what you're going to get. It's like an alien queen meets, like, a capsule toy machine in Japan. Honestly, I think they should put that in the game. Hmm. Or someone should mod it in. I mean, there's a mod to do everything conceivable in Minecraft, like a big horrible queen termite thing Mm. that just constantly plopped out random (laughs) beast eggs 
are like, you know, one every half hour of in-game time. Mm. That would be quite interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I like just imagining cracking them all open and seeing how they'd smell. You know a creeper in Minecraft? Mm. The exploding hedge boys. Yeah, yeah. I imagine them smelling like freshly cut grass and bonfire night. It would be quite interesting to set up a restaurant where the gimmick was you're just serving up like Minecraft, like egg dishes, but, you know, you pick the Minecraft egg that you want. So there's, you know, you can just get a common, you know, chicken egg, but you could also get, a, you know, any, any variety of eggs. So you could have an omelette. egg. Yeah, an omelette made from a donkey egg, or you could have a fried... Um, does the Enderman come from an egg? Yep, you can, you can make Enderman, spawn in Enderman eggs. Oh, my God. What would you, I mean, would that just be an omelette with, like, black food colouring? I don't, yeah, I get, I, I don't know what the yolk, or, or, you know, because we've never cracked one of these eggs up, because they're always allowed to be born. I guess we don't know what's going on in there. Yeah, you can't, because you can eat the normal eggs in Minecraft, you can make them into cakes, but you're not allowed to eat these ones. <laughs> they're forbidden. Oh, God, the forbidden eggs. Nothing makes that's, me want to eat an egg more than being forbidden from eating it. Well, that's how the Bible started. <laughs> yeah, of course. Adam just made himself a three-egg omelette oh. with the three eggs in God's fridge oh. that he had specifically put a post-it note on saying, Adam, well, can you please not? That makes all sense. Forbidden. Because, like, serpents, they eat eggs, don't they? Hmm. I think. There is a... There is a an East African snake called the egg-eating snake. And it's got no teeth in its mouth, but it does have a pointed projection on the underside of its backbone. So it will swallow an egg whole and then just like clench its abs because it's pretty ripped. And (laughs) that sort of spike on the inside of its spine will crack the egg. Oh, I've seen an x-ray of it happening. It's wild. That's crazy. That's like the zany egg-making machine at the start of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but like natural and inside a snake. That's like all the best things. Oh. Like all the best things. Yeah, that one's good. Would you uh, say a Pokeball counts as an egg? Mm, well, you get poker eggs, don't you? I beg your pardon? Really? Yeah, I think I've eggs... not played a Pokemon since the first I one. I think Pokemon so hatch from eggs. Don't you just like... Don't, don't they just you... bushwhack you in caves and things? Well, they, they do. You catch them, but then I think you breed them. They lay an egg and then you put it in an incubator, I think. I'm a bit hazy on Pokemon. I know that for a fact there's definitely... There's a Pokemon which is like an egg. There's, there's like Tokopi, which is um, like... Imagine a creature had half hatched and decided to like half stay in the shell. It like basically wears its shell as pants. Oh, see, that's how you make a good character out of an egg. Yeah, I th- I think there may be a a Pokemon which is like a carton of eggs. Oh my goodness, Pokemon would be such a good subject for a future cavern of lies. Write that down in your copy books now. <laughs> That would be so good. Guess the fictional. Because, I mean, there's everything at this stage, isn't there? Yeah. Eggs. Yeah, a Pokemon egg is what Pokemon hatch from. 
But a Pokeball, you're basically re-imprisoning it in an artificial egg. I mean, surely you'd approve of that, Doctor. Yes. Yes. I, well, yeah, well, I don't know if an egg counts as an animal. Is it like a TARDIS or Pokeball that has loads of room in it? Or are they really just forcing, you know, elephant-sized creatures into grapefruit-sized spheres? It's, it's very hard to tell what goes on inside that Pokeball. It's, never... it's one of these things that everyone's just got an agreement never to talk about, isn't it? Well, yeah. Because I think if you did know, it would be too sad and it would probably like, undermine the enjoyment of Pokemon, which is like a, you know animal fighting game it's pretty brutal i'm trying to think now can you think of any eggs who've been like proper characters like speaking characters uh i can't i can't think of any sort of anthropomorphic eggs dizzy do you remember dizzy of course sorry my bad yeah oh no 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 i'm i've sinned equally it should have been first on my mind I mean, oh, it was a rubbish game, though, wasn't it? Oh, people who like this, Dizzy's got some quite, like, aggressive fans. You've got to be careful about dissing Dizzy. Yeah, I think I've just signed my own death warrant. I mean, I did play it. I get that, that medal. Uh, I say it, there were several. Yeah, I played, um, I played one on Mega Drive where I don't think you could save it. I think you just had to collect, you had to complete the game in one sitting, which I used to hate. Um, and he's so fragile, because the whole thing with him is that if he falls, he's just dead like an egg, uh, I guess. Yeah. Or most things. Um, but particularly an egg. So, yeah, I never, I never made it through that. Um, I wanted Dizzy to... the anvil, well, that would have been a different <laughs> Oh, story. yeah, well, I, that would have been completely different. That would have been amazing. That... Did he have boxing gloves? Yeah, he had big red hands, definitely. He was like a sort of, a, I think he had like a, a bit of an Indiana Jones hat thing going on as well. I think that might have been specific to one game. Oh, is it? Because they were like, like it was all like fantasy Dizzy and Dizzy Goes West and all this kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> that was a well-travelled egg. Um, if anything, I think Dizzy's seen more of the world than I have, which is kind of sad. I suppose you could say he was a well-rounded character. He'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably be back. Well, isn't it time for the gritty Dizzy reboot? I'm really glad we've got a rule against Googling anything while these podcasts are in, in progress because I'm desperate to know now. Um, please come, come on the uh, Electronic Wireless Show uh, Discord channel within the uh, Rock Paper Shotgun main channel uh, and tell us tidings of Dizzy <laughs> um, and, and tell me why I'm a beast for saying I didn't enjoy uh, the original, because I'm sure it had its merits. I oh. was just 11 and had no patience for these things, because uh, I think Diablo had just started to exist. Unless, you know, mm. it's Diablo. I, I wanted to ask you what, uh, where you stood on characters who use their own eggs as projectiles. Now, not a massively PC thing. I was thinking specifically like Banjo-Kazooie, the bird fires its eggs like a gun. Um, or rather, I think the bear holds the, the bird as a gun. I don't know if the bird has any choice in it. Um, I'd have well, to check that. Well, Flintstones, isn't it? <laughs> and Yoshi, the dinosaur, lays eggs and then chucks them about. Like at- I, I do have memories from school when we used to play Smash Brothers, 
my war cry was, I'm going to put you in an egg mm. uh, because Yoshi consume his rifles yeah, and then excrete them again within an egg. I mean, that is, that's probably the worst thing that could happen to you in Smash Brothers. For all the violence meted out by different characters, like having to go through the entire digestive system of Yoshi, you'd be so well, traumatised. At some point, being transferred to the ovaries. <laughs> what is going on in Yoshi? I mean, for Yoshi to be able to consume a plumber whole mm. and then somehow osmose it from their digestive tract to their ovaries, build a secrete a calcium shell around them and eject them from their cloaca <laughs> in the space of two and a half seconds. Is that's like a fusion powered metabolism? What think, sort of god beast is he? If you've gone through that process as one of Yoshi's rivals, even if you won that fight, I think you'd still be pretty shaken by what had happened to you. So in the post fight <laughs> interview, I don't think you'd be like, Yeah, that was amazing. What an amazing fight. I think you would have a haunted look on your face and you'd be thinking about victory at what price? Because yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is something no one should have gone through. After you've been through Yoshi, you should have like 17 seconds where like your damage output is tripled and you just fight like a demon, at which point you just stand still, grey-faced, clutching your knees and sink to the ground, sobbing at what you've experienced. Yeah. Like once the adrenaline wears off, you're just broken forever. <laughs> That's that's the Smash Brothers reboot I want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crikey! Uh, other other honourable egg mentions. Um, Resident Evil Four had a lot of eggs that you could were dropped on the floor. Uh, chickens could lay them. I think also if you killed snakes, snakes could drop eggs. Um, presumably eggs that they'd already eat, they'd eaten. So you're basically cutting the egg out of their body, which you'd then eat for health which that seems very unhygienic. Oh, yeah. The, do you know what we just keep running into over and over again? If you think about any incidents of eggs in games for more than about five seconds, yeah. it becomes really like biomechanically or ethically worrying. <laughs> Actually, I've just seen the person, uh, Barry the Hammer, who suggested the theme, uh, brought to mind the Dark Souls people who've got all eggs on their backs, and if you attack them, all the eggs burst out, and you, you, you can get back egged. Oh, that's the worst. Oh yeah. Do you know what Suriname Toad is? No. Do you want to know? Yeah, go on. It's a toad, yeah. and it's like completely flat, and its back is covered in these pores. Right. Not like dog pores, like little holes. and it lays its eggs in the water and then lets them settle on its back and the eggs seep into the pores and skin grows over them. And a couple of months later, loads of tiny little toads push through the skin and swim away. Oh, Jesus. Imagine a crumpet oh. is all I'm going to say. Oh, God. Oh, I'll tell you what, I can't eat crumpets. like Because of that? No, just because of the way they look. Like they the the holes in them, it looks so like organic. It looks like a sponge or something. It looks like it it has been breathing at some point. 
Well, this is tryptophobia. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. How are you about um, orchid seed pods? Well, I don't or think... lotus seed pods, sorry. Uh, is that something you eat? I've never eaten that. No, it's, a, a, it's just, you find them in potpourri and things. Uh, I wouldn't Google it. Right. Um, or Surinamtoads, if you don't like crumpets. Oh, and I that's really... general advice to you, the listener. I can't, I can't deal with crumpets. They look like lungs. They look like they have been lungs at some point. <laughs> oh, imagine the bread man <laughs> swaddling along, <laughs> like wheezing yeastily for a big pair of Oh, especially when people heat them up. Milk butter. Butter oozing out of its holes. That's disgusting. No, I find that... I mean, it's a butter delivery matrix at the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Well, let's, um, you know, for the three listeners who, who aren't reacting like Mario would after his passage through Yoshi by now, I suppose uh, we should reward them for coming this far uh, with a very special visit uh, to this podcast's celebrated underworld. But before that, we're going to have um, we're going to hear the voices of the gods talking about some of Rock Paper Shotgun's other podcast offerings. Warzone Audio Bank, from our gun barrels directly into your ear holes. Welcome to your new favourite fortnightly COD podcast, dropping in and sniping you from the side with all the latest Call of Duty Warzone goings on. Maybe you should have said CODcast? I'm James Law. And I'm Ed Thorne. Every second Friday we'll be dropping into the dance to discuss all the latest news and rumours from Activision's online juggernaut, Call of Duty Warzone. And of course, we'll also be sharing our own stories from the battlefield, such as that time James ruined our chances of victory by jumping into a vehicle and alerting everyone on the battlefield of our presence just so he could play Aha's take on me. You say that as if I don't do that every single match. Yeah, true. So basically, come listen to your new favourite Call of Duty podcast, Warzone Audio Bang. Available on all good podcasting apps at Rock Paper Shot gun.com new episodes drop every second friday all right i don't have a snappy ending to this ad do you nah okay uh warzone audio bang flashbangs through the door let's venture down under the earth and go into a cavern of lies Amazing. Ah. Hello, Matthew. Oh, Anthony Hopkins. Ah, uh, no, that, that's where you're mistaken. Of course, it's me, Nicholas Cage. Oh, of course, I forgot that you were Welsh. Yes, I, I know this sounds uncannily like Nate's Anthony Hopkins impression, which doesn't sound uncannily like Anthony Hopkins, but it is indeed me, Nick Cage. From Con Air. Oh, Con Air, sir. I'm a fan. I am a fan of yours. Have you seen The Wicker Man as well? I have. I actually quite like it. Ah, you have some terrible frights watching that one. (laughs) It's got bees in it. It does. It does. Um, But no, actually, uh, the the reason I sound like this is something very very unfortunate has has happened to me. Oh, yeah. Um, There's a cursed egg. (laughs) <laughs> that lives in this cavern. Right. And it secretes a, a very unfortunate venom. Um, 
Uh, very straight. I came in here with, with Anthony Hopkins. Right. Uh, but we were both in, uh, affected by this egg venom. Right. Uh, I don't suppose you've ever seen my film Face Off with John Travolta. <laughs> yes, I have. I'm also a fan. Uh, well, imagine that, but with voices instead of faces. Right. So you and uh, Anthony Hopkins have swapped bodies, basically. No, just voices. Just, That's why oh, sorry, I still, you swap voices, right. That makes sense. I look exactly like Nicolas Cage still. Right. Oh, sorry, my bad. But unfortunately, then, Anthony, he consumed the egg and got salmonella. He's expired oh, now. What a fool. Yeah. I know. It wasn't the wisest thing to do. But listen, uh, I've, I, all I have to tell you is that the cavern's condemned because of this terribly dangerous egg. Uh, you and Nate must, must leave immediately. But... Right. Oh, what's, what's that creamy ovoid shape behind you? Oh, no. Oh, no, it's, it's an egg. I'm going to touch it. Me too. Wait, Nate? Matthew? Oh, no, we've been face-offed oh. with voices. Oh, <laughs> curses. Oh. This is really shaking me, Ronalds. Oh, I'm going to have to... Uh, I'm going to have to eat a, a plain pizza base with water on it to steady myself after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how, are you, how are your fish tanks, pal? Oh, they're great. I just got the, um, the new uh, filter XP15 that I imported from Argentina for my crayfish. Oh, that's 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 grand. I'm uh, I'm currently frightened that a car's going to give me a telling off. <laughs> yeah, sounds, that sounds legit. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad we've um, we've managed to settle ourselves in these strange new voices. It's it's really odd, isn't it? I can't oh. deal with it. Well, uh, Nicholas Cage left us a note, and it says. To get out of here and reverse the venom, we're going to have to have a Cavern of Lies duel. Oh, does that mean only one of us can succeed and leave? Yeah, the other person, I don't know, is probably going to have to swap voices from Nicolas Cage. And oh, no. What a, that would who, be nightmare. Who, will they get Anthony Hopkins' voice? We'll find out next week, I suppose, yeah. as the Cavern of Lies develops a, a running season plot. <laughs> um, <laughs> But for now, we've got to find out which one of us gets out of here. And I suppose, yeah, the only fair way to determine it is, is to find out who knows their favorite PC games best, right? That's, that sounds like a fantastic idea. Um, no, wait, we should do the opposite of that and ask each other to determine fact from fiction across a series of incredibly precise trivia questions about our own favourite PC games. That's right. Games. I, I, I want to ask you about all the games I, Nate, know about to see if you, Matthew, can work them out. And I'm going to ask you about some real castle specials, see how you <laughs> deal with that. Sounds great. All right, Nate, do you want to go first? I realise that I very rarely say sound great when I am Nate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's more like Matthew, but you just have to go with it. <laughs> Not both of us aren't as equally skilled at improv, is what I'm saying. 
What, <laughs> what, what, what games first, Nate? Uh, so, uh, oh, I'm going to give you a bit of a Gimli special. <laughs> it's Dwarf Fortress. Oh, no, I don't know anything about Dwarf Fortress. Well, here we go. Uh, if you've been reading my 100-part uh, diary series on RPS, you'll know all about this. So listen, Matthew, are you aware of the Bronze Colossus? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, everyone knows the Bronze Colossus. Sure. Big capital C. Then uh, you might know that in the early iterations of Dwarf Fortress, the Bronze Colossus was pretty much invincible could only be killed with decapitation. And did you know that there is one recorded incident of this, only one recorded incident of this, where a player threw a fluffy warbler, which is like a rabbit, kind of think rabbit, at, at a bronze gloss's head, decapitated it and killed it. Did you know this? I'm going to say that's false for one reason. Oh, why is that? Because the animal is called a fluffy wambler, not a fluffy warbler. Right. Other than that, it's word for word true, because I'm mates with oh, no. a bronze colossus <laughs> um, who was upset over his depiction in the game. Uh, I've never played Dwarf Fortress. I just happen to know that. Right. Um, I may have written my notes down wrong, and I may have meant that. <laughs> Oh, in which case it's true. It's, it's true. true. So you're saying it's nice. It's nice. This story is indeed nice. You know Blimey, so much how about lucky Dwarf Fortress. Was I there? That's it. No, it's literally the only thing I know about it. Oh my god, what are the chances? God damn it. So oh, well. You're one step closer to getting your body back. Oh, bad luck, mate. Let's uh, let's see how you fare with this question about the Ace Attorney series. Oh my God, I've never heard of it. Uh, so, is it true that if you use luminol, the uh, the evidence gathering chemical, <laughs> on the trophy for the King of Prosecutors in the third game? The ghostly image of Bruce Goodman will appear as a clue, who was, I think, some form of policeman who expired. <laughs> I mean, even though I've not played this series, I do know all of those words sound right, but you've, they've been combined into quite a, <laughs> quite a weird anecdote, which doesn't entirely sound right. Was uh, that a bit of an eyelash in the sausage moment? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this is... Oh, la, la. Well, tarnation. It is indeed a lie, oh. Um, I thought you would never... I, I didn't realise your instinct for Ace Attorney would be that honed. <laughs> well, stranger things have happened. I guess we're one for one. One for one. Can you separate the fact from fiction, Matthew, in this Hades fact? Apollo. Oh. Apollo, the god Apollo, was going to be in Hades. The original pitch was that he was going to tap in it was going to tap into him being the god of music and dance and it was going to involve a boon that only kicked in when you attacked on the beat of the music 
but the studio decided that was too confusing and unlike the other boons, so they didn't use it and him. Oh. That's really believable. It's just a good story. I mean, I don't know about Hades. I've not played it, but that's a really good story. I thought you- Oh, right, yeah, sorry, I went, I thought, like, I thought you had played it. Oh, right, yes, I forgot. No, you, you've been playing it. Oh, yeah, for, I've been playing it. For most of the it. last week, mate. Yes. But, uh, which, which is, you know, where you've come up with the knowledge to, to pose that question. I am going to say from reading uh, just some articles while waiting for my meat to boil, um, <laughs> Because it takes a very long time, and I, I, you know, I read a lot of stuff, and you know, I, I've read about some of the boons, and that would indeed be very different from the rest of them. I think that's, I think that's nice. That one, Apollo is. Oh la la! What you fiend? Yes, pull the wool over your eyes. Anyone who's oh. played a substantial amount of Hades would know that that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess it goes to show uh, that I've not played the game. Yeah. Oh, curse you, Nate. Well, I've, uh, I've got to fox you now. Yeah. All right, then. There is, uh, how about a little bit of Outer Wilds? Oh, yeah. I love this game. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've never played it. <laughs> I'm very no, bad at this role play. <laughs> ever the contrarian, you never you never play the best games of the year, do you, Nate? You no. curmudgeon. Uh you you stuck in your ways, old git. Um bit of self-criticism. There's only one that. game in my life, and that is Age of Empires 2. Oh, was that a castle? That was me doing my world famous impression of a castle. Oh, and this is me doing my world-famous impression of Matthew Castle. Pow, 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 pow! <laughs> really smashing the fourth wall there. It's like Deadpool. Um, no, in the Outer Wilds, Nate, there is a satellite uh, which looks like the actual real-life space satellite, Voyager 1. Uh, and if you go nearby, near to it, uh, it's got a recording of someone saying... We're off like a dirty shirt in the wash. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no, that isn't true. <laughs> Are you certain? Yes. That's no way. I could believe that there was a satellite, but there is no way that it would say something as whimsical as that. And I am the king of whimsy himself, Nate. So... <laughs> Well, Nate, you want to open your heart to a bit more whimsy because that one was nice. No. Yep. It says... Yep. (laughs) No. The Figbacker satellite is a small satellite that can be found hurtling through the solar system. Uh, It's a reference to the game's original crowdfunding campaign. Donations above a certain threshold were given the opportunity to add a hidden audio message or hidden images into the game, <laughs> and some were incorporated. And uh, that, my friend, is one of them. Unbelievable. That was the one, that's why we're 15 minutes late recording, trying to find something <laughs> s- 
like really silly uh, <laughs> about the Outer Wilds because all the all the details are just good. Yeah. So. <laughs> I I got a Hearthstone one for you. Go on then. Uh, I'm not, I I yeah I can't bear this these childish flashing colours. So if you go second in Hearthstone, uh, you get the coin card. Which you Apparently, gain, so you say. You gain one mana crystal this turn only, is, is I believe what it says. Or is what I know it to say. Um, originally, though, uh, the original plan was this was actually going to be a card called the Avatar of the Coin that was given to the player that went second, uh, and on which it said you lost the coin flip but gained a friend, and it gave you a minion with uh, one attack and one health. Uh, but it was removed in the alpha. But there's there's knowledge that it once existed. Oh, now I've not played Hearthstone, but I know Blizzard, and that that sounds that sounds that sounds like Blizzard, and also the eerie sort of faux Disney uh, design aesthetic of Hearthstone. Um, I. Maybe I'm overconfident because of my win with the Outer Worlds there, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's nice. I'm going to put you out of your misery. That is indeed nice. This is a tense one, mate. It sure is, Matthew. We're we're real. We're both aces at this. Oh, see if I can uh, see if I can get heads. Uh, now this is a game I'm famously obsessed with. Um, Minesweeper. Oh yeah, I've I've heard you talk about this. I read your absolutely amazing. Have you played Minesweeper? Mm, and it's it actually it's the piece that made me want to become a games journalist. Oh, that's that's really touching. It was mm. certainly uh, certainly worthwhile. Uh, almost as 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 good as your uh, famous slating of uh, the Ark Survival Evolved Genesis DLC. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that was that, that. That was very affirming for both of us. Yeah. Uh, so there are all sorts of records set for beating Minesweeper, uh, but did you know there was a record set for playing the game with your tongue? Oh, is is there any more? <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was two uh, two brothers called Charles and Noah Holst uh, from Canada decided to challenge each other uh, to beat the game with their tongues in 2003. Now, like, brothers having being really competitive over Minesweeper records, you might not know, is a weirdly prevalent thing in competitive, like, Minesweeper speedrunning. Um, and so these two were a classic competitive pair. And after, I think they gave themselves, like, a month to practice it, uh, Charles managed a 58-second game on Intermediate, and then two weeks later, uh, Noah managed to beat that with a 53-second game. Um, neither of them ever won a game on Expert. My word, that's fast with their tongues. It's astonishing. I mean, the specificity of the, of the details there suggests this is nice um, because... Otherwise, you've really outdone yourself with this lie. But I think this is nice. Wow, Nate. You're too trusting. Oh, Ooh, la, la. oh my God. How much of it was made up? 
Uh, so it's loosely based on the story. In April 2005, Damien Moore and, uh, from Canada and Dennis Lutkin from Denmark had a competition to see who could play Minesweeper fastest with their feet. Um, and Damien managed 673.59 on the 12th. <laughs> uh, but Dennis made a 58 on intermediate, followed on the 13th with a 53 and then a 42 second game, which sounds like the bloody shipping forecast <laughs> to me. I lost interest in the Wikipedia article at that point and, uh, and came up with my own version. Well, that was very well played. Um, but can you sniff out a lie or, dis- or recognize the truth in the following? For Minecraft, at Minecon 2011, they gave all attendees an in-game cape and on the underside of that cape which isn't really ever visible there is a picture that lots of people think is notch um but it's never been formally confirmed because the, the picture's a bit vague looking but it could be his face i'm gonna say ooh la la on that one because i don't think at the time Minecraft had the visuals necessary to do that. I think it was a blank cape. You're right. This is ooh la la. God damn it. Ooh, I'm never going to get I'm... my body back, and I love my body so much. Right, well, I'm coming at you with a fastball here. Go on, then. Johnny Chiodini is in Hitman 2. Our mate Johnny, formerly of um, Eurogamer. Yeah. Um, and like off of Dicebreaker, is in Hitman 2. In, in what form? In the Columbia level as an NPC. Um, the whole of the uh, outside Xbox team are. And because he was their um, <laughs> GM, of course, in the D&D game they were playing, he got included as well. Hmm. I mean... They do do these kind of team-ups with people, but not to the point... Like, I've played that game a lot, and I think I'd recognise it if five people that I knew were in it. <laughs> like, like, I think I'd be like, well, that's Mike, <laughs> that's Andy, and that's Johnny. Why are all my friends... Like, is this... This is your life? Like, what's going on? This is strange. Uh, I, I mean, it does sort of sound plausible, but I also think I'd have noticed if their voices were in the game, I'm sure. So I'm going to say, this is ooh la la. Oh, night, 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 night. It's nice. No. Now, admittedly, <laughs> like, I'm certain about outside Xbox. I only have two references from separate sources to Johnny being in it as well. <laughs> I think that makes it highly likely. <laughs> Like, they're in it. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. Wow, I, I didn't know that. Their names have been partially translated into Spanish and they include did. references to their methods of playing Hitman. But they're not now putting, that extra detail is admittedly from TV Tropes, which is one of the few but places. But they're not putting on like Spanish from. voices. I don't think it's their voices. Oh, okay. They're based on. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I miss. I think I missed. Okay, that's a bit more believable. I was just going to say, like, if I was in Colombia and there were suddenly just like four British people, 
<laughs> and they all sound like people I've hung out with. I think I'd notice. Do you know what? Actually, I'm going to disqualify myself from this one because I think I made it sound more unbelievable than it was. <laughs> okay. That's very noble of you, Matthew, and you are known to be a good sport. So An honourable man. I'm still one point ahead, though, so, you know. Okay, I've, uh, got, a, I've got a similar cameo for you in Total on. Warhammer 2. Yeah. In the recent The Warden and the Paunch DLC. I say recent, when that came out. Um, everyone's favourite Hollywood hunk, Henry Cavill, is given a nod in the game because it includes a high elf lawmaster called Cavill who comes with a trait called White Wolf, which is a nod to his role in The Witcher Netflix show that gives him a bonus when fighting against large enemies. And it even includes the flavour text uh, winds howling, which is a little wink to something he says in The Witcher 3 a lot. Oh. Now, I've not played Total Warhammer 2. I've seen Nate play it a bit, though. Mm. I watch through his computer <laughs> right. at night. Um, <laughs> and that, that all feels like it would fit into the game structure. Plus, Henry Cavill is... Uh, He's a noted Warhammer fan. Well, that's why they did it, as a little, like, thank you, Henry. He really likes reading uh, Warhammer 40k books, actually. Nate, I hope he reads one of yours one day. That would be good. That would be amazing. Um, oh, maybe I'm just punch struck through being ahead, but I'm going to say this is nice. This is indeed nice. Oh, I'm beasting it. You are. You're going to get I your body back. I wouldn't say that. I'd say I'm doing very well. Um, okay. I fear that my time in your body is coming to its end so I'm trying to think if there's anything I can do while I'm in the body to have some fun with it That's, oh no I wouldn't do that <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't feel comfortable with that happening <laughs> let me get you out of it as quick as I can how about this as a finale you know I love Japanese crime fiction uh, oh yes well, I'm a massive fan of Soji Shimada, um, okay. the god of mystery himself, who wrote, of course, one of my favorites, Murder in the Crooked House. Yeah. Um, but I'm also a big fan of one of his short stories uh, called... You notice how I've just uh, segued here into a non-PC games question yes. just for a killer decider. Yeah. So the short story is called Yorowa Senu... Suzuwa Narasu, uh, sorry about the pronunciation, uh, and it translates as the night rings a thousand bells. Right. And the key part, the, the fulcrum of the mystery is a so-called nightingale floor, which was dele deliberately creaky floorboards that the old shoguns would install in their palaces so they could hear assassins coming, hence the title. Mm. I mean, he's a, I know him to be a legit author. Um, I've only read his work in translation, and that I feel, or, or rather, I know you've only read it. Let's never do this again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to say, oh, la la. 
And you would be right. It's a lie. Uh, The story is real. The night rings a thousand bells. Uh, The nightingale floor thing, just something I recited uh, (laughs) uh, off the the, the back of my hand uh, from a tour I went on uh, in in Japan. I'll tell you what, though. That is a great hook for how a a murder could be done. So Uh, Right? Um, I'll give you... I, I did... The story is only in Japanese... I did Google Translate the synopsis, and I got this. In 1964, the corpse of a fire truck, the largest suspect, was rejected, and the most prisoners were absent. In 1988, a row of sleeping cars, a wealthy female sleeper, and a long-term death. Next, the biggest suspect is absent. Homologous with two individual ringtones, ringtones, murderous voices, which oh, sounds an incredible story. That is classic Shimada. <laughs> All right, then, give me, give me my final. So I've also ventured out of PC games. Um, I'm going to ask you an aquarium question about mm-hmm. the smallest aquarium in the world. It was built by a man who lives in the Siberian city of Omsk. <laughs> he has built an aquarium that is 30 millimeters wide, 24 millimeters high, and 14 right. millimeters deep. What's in it? It holds goldfish. It holds two tablespoons of water, has a miniature water purification filter, and he, he houses tiny little uh, baby, I think they're pronounced this way, Danios. Danios? Yeah, yeah. Fish. Uh, um, well, you uh, know they're pronounced that way, mate. You breed two species of them. Oh, right, yeah. So they're tight, but when they're babies, they're tiny, and they can, they can fit quite healthily in this tiny little tank that this man's built. Um, a little sub-fact about this guy. Uh, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for making the world's smallest book. Um, but that's not I mean, really there's not much it. to do in Siberia, is there? <laughs> no, apart from make everything tiny. Um, I, so well, yeah, because yeah, Siberia is massive. Does this tiny aquarium exist or not? Oh, what a bruiser of a question! If I knew anything about aquaria such as you do, I'd be ashamed at having to guess at this one. <laughs> um, I. It's nice. It's true. It's nice. It's true. Oh, what a walloper of a victory. (sighs) Well, good work, gentlemen. You'll be glad to know that just like in the the stupid made-up sport in Harry Potter, the last question was worth a million points in both of your cases, and the scores are rounded to the nearest million. So you've both won, and you get to leave with your original voices intact. Goodbye. Fantastic. Thank you, Nicholas Cage. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Please, Nicholas, never make us do this again. Well, that was, uh, that was an odyssey of the soul, wasn't it, Matthew? It was, I'm, I'm glad to be back in my body again. I'm a lot more comfortable in it. I know how it works. Yeah, same here. Same here. Oh, that was, yeah, really troubling for the soul, actually. But I think, you know, we both showed a great knowledge of each other's favourite things. We did, we, we did. It was nice. Uh, recommendations, then, I suppose, as is traditional. We each recommend a thing, and I've got 
33% less time to come up with an object on my desk to recommend because I've thought <laughs> of nothing. Well, I will, uh, I will recommend, I've already mentioned it, but I'm going to recommend The Terror, uh, which is uh, well, the TV adaptation of a book, I think, um, uh, about, oh God, I, I'm going to recommend this, but I can't tell you any of the specific details. I've forgotten the name of the, the, the trip that it's about. Uh, they were trying to discover the Northwest Passage. Yeah, they? but it's like a real thing. It's like a real event. These two boats got stuck, stuck on this expedition in the ice, and they disappeared. It's the something expedition, but I can't remember the name of it because this is uh, I'm totally amateur hour. Um, and this is a kind of a fictional telling of what might have happened if there was a giant sort of scary bear eating people. Um, it's got a cast. I, mean, I suppose I already spoiled the potential bear, <laughs> didn't I? It's 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 got like one of the best casts of a TV show in recent memory. It's just like every supporting character actor from other shows kind of given reign to you know in a big ensemble drama. It's it's awesome. It's really really good. Um, and that's so Anthony Hopkins as the bear. Anthony Hopkins plays the bear, um, and that's the real Anthony, not Anthony Hopkins as Nicolas Cage. That was high concept. That was high concept. Yeah. Oh, I'm re- no, I'm really looking forward to watching that, and I'll, I'll let you know my thoughts. Yeah, it's on um, iPlayer if you live in the UK, so get on it. Aquarium recommendations this week. Fantastic. Really simple. You should have a bucket. Right. I know it sounds silly, but if you're going to do um, water changes and things, you'll be surprised how much a big yellow bucket comes in handy. And also, if... You have more than one tank. If you're a bit of a, 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 a fancy Dan like I am and you've got several, you will have situations where you have fish uh, between tanks where, you know, you've got to get them out of one tank to renovate it, but the new one isn't quite ready. It is worth having a bucket of water with a filter in it just running all the time so it's, you know, nice cycled water. And you can put fish in that as a, a temporary thing if they're between homes. Uh, uh, it seems really odd to do because it's a bucket. But if it's a big bucket, no problem. And if you win a goldfish at a fun fair, a bucket could be a permanent home for it. Yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> the bucket, <laughs> a.k.a. the poor man's tank. That's what I like <laughs> to think of it as. Yeah, it's kind of like in cartoons where people go broke and wear barrels instead of trousers. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's perfectly good. But uh, The real recommendation this week, hilariously, actually, is something on my desk that I caught sight of while Matthew <laughs> was talking about the terror. But it is something I'll recommend. It's a Japanese drink called Melon Milk. Ooh. And it is milk <laughs> flavoured with melon juice oh. that comes in a tin. Oh, God. There's so many danger words in that. I've partly just recommended it to upset Matthew, but partly because it's excellent. When you say tin, do you mean a tin or a can? A can. A can. can. I thought you meant like a... A tin is a funnier word. Yeah, I just think if you drink from like a, you know, a tin that you have to open with a tin opener and you're drinking something called melon milk, I just, just, I don't know. It's all kinds of wrong. uh, Yeah, if you don't like milk or melons, probably not a classic. But if you're into both, big win. Big win. Thank you for that recommendation. Well, uh, that about wraps things up. Thank you, listener, for joining us during this episode 133 of the Electronic Wireless Show, The Extravaganza.
Um, I think we talked about think- four eggs. No, we talked about loads of eggs. We got really deep about Yoshi, man. Yeah. In, from PC games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Alice is going to take away our lunch money. Oh. <laughs> Don't forget, Rock Paper Shotgun is on uh, the old Bookface and Twitter and YouTube and all the rest. Well, actually, not all the rest, just, just those three. Um, you can find it by searching for Rock Paper Shotgun. Um, we also have other podcasts. We have, as already mentioned today, the Weak Spot podcast, where Matthew and Colin discuss, uh, the, well, the week in, in PC gaming. It's very funny and good. And there's more Matthew. We also, uh, the, the youngest sibling in the mighty trio of witches uh, that makes up the RPS podcast stable, is the Warzone Audio Bang. Um, by our colleagues Ed and James, uh, which is about the popular gunishment game, Warzone. And that is extremely good and funny as well. Uh, I do not play a lot of Warzone, but I sure do listen to a lot of audio bang. Um, We got merch as well. You can find it on our Teespring shop, which I think is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash rock, paper, shotgun. And of course, as I've already plugged several times, seriously, come onto the Rock Paper Shotgun Discord and to the podcast channel. It's lovely. Uh, it's very good. We have our own cavern of lies. Um, please rate and review us wherever you do your podcast listening. Give us the old five star treatment. And tell all your friends. And if you're going <laughs> to social media about us, don't forget, and I, I mean don't forget, to use the hashtags, hashtag Big Oats, hashtag Fat Blood, and hashtag Shergar's Heart Squad. Because you, listener, by virtue of having listened to this podcast, are now in Shergar's Heart Squad. And of oh. course, for all your PC game Ronalds. Um, oh, I got so far without talking rubbish. Um, for all of your PC game content uh, you could possibly desire, head to www.rockpapershotgun.com, which is the father of all of these various eggs. Uh, all that remains uh, is for me um, a pig egg to say farewell. Wait, you've hatched into a skeleton. Ah, goodbye! And uh, also Dr. Robotnik, the Eggman. Goodbye! Bye!